following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. There are indeed stories, and I will actually spend the balance of my time shaming your pastor. No. (laughs) There was a day where Scott decided to come out in his underwear. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, good morning. It's, it is actually just always great to be at Artisan. I mean, we've got such a long history with so many of you. There's a lot of familiar faces. It's also great that there's a number of unfamiliar faces. Uh, it's just evidence that this is a house in a community that is growing. And uh, both new people coming in, people getting sent out. And uh, so it's always interesting for me to come in and, and just see what's going on here because I'm not here all the time. But even though I'm not here all the time, I'm never that far from... Uh, you are never that far from my, my thoughts because there's such a huge legacy connected between our organization and the work and ministry that we do in the world and the relationships that are here. And most of you probably aren't aware of all the different connections between our organization and the people that make up Artisan. It's not just the fact that Artisan as a church has funded water projects in Uganda. It's also the fact that artisans have taken us into other parts of their lives, whether it's into your family and, and supporting monthly what we're doing and being, being a part of every project. Um, there's some of you that have brought us into your workplace, whether it's schools you work with or other things like that. Um, you know, I, I just think of, uh, I think it's, yeah, next month I'll be flying down to Florida to work with St. Andrew's School. And if I go, hey, how did I end up at St. Andrew's School? It all traces back through a series of relationships that end up here <laughs> from when we first started and when we, uh, we didn't even have a website at the time and I was here and talking about the community values at Artisan and talking about this new thing that we were starting, the Yonan Water Project and relationships that were on that very first time I came to share uh, you know, are now reaching you know, six, seven, eight steps away into you know fruit that is really having an impact in so many different areas. And, and so just recognize you have a legacy tied to the Ugandan Water Project, whether you like it or not. And, uh, and also just to say thank you and to inspire you to, to, uh, to you know, bring this into the parts of your life that it makes sense and recognize that we're ready to partner with what God is doing in and through you. Um, I wanted to share about a couple things real quick and then uh, something on my heart to um, put out for you today. Uh, first of all is we've got our 5K coming up. Most of you have heard about this, and uh, we've got a short little video that just kind of promotes that, and uh, I just want to encourage you in that. It is uh, coming up on April 21st. It's at Powder Mill Park over in, uh, in Pittsburgh. It's a great time if you've never come out. Most of you, I noticed, walked in here under your own power, so you can participate in some way if you choose. Um, it's a great course to, you know, there's plenty of people at the back, you can see them, they're walking, they're not all running. I know there's some ferocious runners in, in here, but um, it's a great opportunity to come out and just be part of something that, you know, brings hundreds of people from our area out and is a great way to kind of celebrate the values that drive that work. Great thing to do with the family, and, uh, and obviously many of you know that Artisan has put a team together the last several years and uh, has really shown up well, and, and in this next slide... You can see uh, you're willing to go to great lengths to uh, great lengths um, or not so great lengths, depending on how you interpret Ben's outfit there. Um, but we just love the passion and the creativity and the fun that you guys do. And I know that there's, uh, there's teams forming against you. 
And as much as I'd love for them to really be forming out of a passion for what we're doing in Uganda, they're forming against you. And, uh, and so just know that I was, I was actually at uh, my home church, Elam Gospel Church, last week, and this was part of what we talked about was, was artisan. And, and, and one of the first things, when Hoselton's team registered this week and they're starting to put things together, they want to know, they're like, so what's going on at artisan? So just know... The gauntlets are down, and I'm, I'm excited to see. I understand there's a strategy meeting after the second service. I'm looking forward to being part of that. Um, well, just uh, some of you who may not have uh, really heard us talk just real quickly about what is the Ugandan Water Project about, I wanted to share just sort of a, a, a fast-forward version of just understanding what we do. And so in Uganda and in many parts of the world, there is a problem with clean water, and it's really has two major parts, and one of them is just the quality of water that's available to people. And you can see, just like this little girl, she's literally knee-deep in a pit at the bottom of a hill in a swampy area, and it's not hard. They don't have to dig deep to find shots like this. This is a common occurrence that you've got kids um, that are walking to get water that when we test it, and we do, the World Health Organization would say it's not even safe for kids under five to bathe in that water, much less drink it. And so... Uh, that's a common problem. And then it's not just the quality of the water. It's oftentimes the other half of that problem is, is the distance and work and effort, the logistics that it takes to get to that water and get people you know, there and back again. And so you see families uh, having to invest hours of their day uh, to go get water, to wait in line for water, to carry water home, to go get wood, to then boil that water, and then to face the, the question that we don't even think about but is a very common question in, in Ugandan households. And, and that is, is the water still hot? I mean, that's, a, that's something that you'd go, oh, I wouldn't have even thought of that. But like one of the most common questions when people walk in the door from school or from work at the end of the day is, is water still hot? Is it ready to drink? You know, if they had to cook water, is it, is it something they can drink now? Or do they have to wait another couple hours before it's cool enough to be able to drink? And so we have this problem that we are just not okay with. And so our organization and our community and uh, many that are in this fight have been battling that and, and leveraging different solutions. And our solution set really has three major uh, parts to it. Uh, we uh, have water filters, rainwater systems, and uh, we also repair and restore uh, borehole wells. But the, uh, the filters that we provide are uh, really simple. They're portable. They're great for household or classroom use. And uh, they provide clean water for about 10 years, up to 200 gallons a day. Uh, and we love to see these in classrooms. <laughs> um, we want to put them in every classroom we come across. And it really has a profound impact. And this is the same solution we rely on ourselves when we're in Uganda. These water filters are fabulous and uh, really inexpensive and a great way for us to really put potable water in, into the most granular expression of community life there. We also do rainwater systems. And again, we, this community has been part of it uh, numerous times. These are simple, big plastic tanks we put next to community buildings like churches, schools, clinics, orphanages. Uh, we're even targeting a few mosques now and, uh, and saying, hey, this is already part of the community. Let's harvest rain off this roof and make this, uh, this part of the community nourishing to the community. And, uh, and these systems have gone through different iterations and improvements and things like that. But we've, hundreds of times we've been able to do this and it's serving tens of thousands of people every day. And then finally, we restore wells. And uh, we go into places where, at some point in the past, 
Uh, sometimes it, it's more than a decade ago, someone spent a lot of money to drill a well, and then somehow the community didn't have the capacity established to maintain it. And so we, we don't just uh, come in to fix the well. Uh, we do repair it, and we restore it better oftentimes than it was when it was brand new. But more importantly, we teach the community. Uh, in the next shot, you'll see one of our guys demonstrating, you know, when, when all the important parts are buried in the ground, helping the community understand, hey, here's the, the pump cylinder. That's what Medi's showing right there. Um, we teach people how to take care of things, and we help them form their committees and, and understand how to monetize and maintain and all that stuff so that there's a, a, a network of relationship to support things in the future and, and really help them have sustainable change. And so those are our solutions. And uh, in the next slide, we see it's not just enough to do the work. We also have to prove it. And so we actually take the time, because the truth is we're not in the water business, are we? We're in the freedom and transformation business. And that's, in some ways, that's really the business of all of our lives, is we want freedom and transformation for people. We want the love of Christ to be manifest into their relationship with their self and their families and others. But for us, proving it in what we do is saying, let's nerd out a little bit and make sure that we're going in and taking advantage of the tools that we have to collect the data and understand are people better off a year, two years, three years down the road? Are these things, are these sustainable solutions really sustainable? And so that's part of what we do as well. And all this is really about not just the work we do, but it's about making a difference together. It's about what we do as a community, a global community, and the different ways that we can make a difference together through volunteering, through connecting the organization and, the, and these kinds of things with other parts of our lives, uh, through mobilizing the people in our life and the resources, and, uh, and then in different forms of support, whether it's showing up and, and serving, whether it's writing a check. Nobody writes checks anymore, do they? Uh, whether it's giving in whatever form you want to do that. Uh, but all of these things um, have resulted in a, a tremendous impact, but a growing impact. I don't remember what the next slide is. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's right. It's that, <laughs> it's that great visual. And, um, and just to remember that we all have a part to play. We all are in that structure. And so that's, that's sort of like the fast version of what the organization is all about. And, you know, if you're curious to know more about how to get involved in different aspects of what we do, I'd love to talk to you after the service. But this morning, and uh, because of time, we're going to skip the video. It's a really cool video. Let's just pretend we just watched an amazing story about a school that got transformed and they got clean water and that saves them money and they added, you know, 30% increase to their enrollment, and they're saving money in planting gardens, and now they have food. It was a really great video. Didn't you enjoy that? Yes! All right. So this morning, I just wanted to, I wanted to share something out of John 12, uh, verses 23 through 26. I'll read it. it says, Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in the world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will, also, will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will, be, will honor. And uh, this picture of, of a, a grain of wheat or a seed going into the ground and it, it being necessary for it to go and die in order to produce... But if it, do, it does that, it produces tremendously, is, is what I wanted to talk a little bit about. And in particular, just this, this metaphor of a seed going into the ground. Now, 
in Uganda, most churches would open with this and it would lead up to a pretty big uh, offering ask. <laughs> so I want you to plant a seed today. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but, but it is important just to really zoom in on this whole idea of what it takes for a seed to go into the ground and go through that process of germination because it is a cycle that we see God inviting us to in our lives in all different areas. And, and, uh, and there's, these, there's five stages of, of uh, germination. And the first one is you have this seed that um, go, comes into contact with water. And, and that's the first step of germination. But the reality is there has to be something before that. And that means uh, that it needs a favorable environment for germination. So it's actually step zero. Is there, first of all, there has to be a favorable environment. And uh, when I think about my journey, if I, if I pop the hood and say, all right, well, here's my journey with the Ugandan Water Project. I found myself, um, when I got out of college, I, I, I studied religion and philosophy and, and, uh, and psychology, but ultimately it was pointing towards, I knew that I wanted to do something internationally, and, uh, and I wasn't sure what that was. I'd done a, an internship over a summer in Portugal, and, and uh, I knew I wanted to serve God in the nations in some way. And so I, I graduated, and I had this desire, and yet there wasn't favorable conditions. And it took a long time for me to find favorable conditions. We got married just after that, after college, and then we had to figure out how to pay off college and get a, you know, we started a family and all these things. And there was all these different situations that led to it not being the right time for us to do something like that. And so it was actually, you know, it was, a, it was about, whew, gosh, it was like 12 years um, or no, not, a, not quite that long, but it was like nine or ten years into our marriage before this came up again and, and it, in, there was favorable conditions. And so sometimes it has to do with the, uh, you know, the people that we're doing life with. It could be our job situation. It could be the impact of some of our past choices and trying to walk through those consequences. It, it could be sometimes just simply things that are outside of our control that, that make the conditions not right. Like sometimes it's 14 degrees in March. So if you want to plant seeds right now, there, there currently is not favorable conditions for germination, right? Um, and, and so sometimes you just find yourself in times where it's not favorable, and, and you either have to wait or you have to make some choices to change some things. But ultimately, when the conditions are favorable, that first step for germination is, is water comes into the picture. Something that refreshes, something that saturates, something that, that gets into the cracks of, what's, what, of the seed and it absorbs the water and that is a catalyst for something to happen. And I know for me, it was when I crashed the barbecue and, and met this guy, uh, George Samba, and was realizing, wow, here's a guy with a very practical need um, in his life, and, and maybe there's something I could do about it. But just this idea of, wow, there's a stimulation that happened because there was favorable conditions in my life at the time, and now something could, could really activate the seed that was in my heart. And uh, the second step is that there's a, that water then comes in contact to the, the enzymes that are inside the seed. And this is really important because I think often when we talk about this passage about how unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it can't produce, right? And so it's like, you know, we, if you're not careful and you, zoom, you, you don't zoom in on this metaphor, you end up with this conclusion that there's something wrong with me. I need to die in order for there to be good that comes out of my life. And yet, if you look at the biology of it, no, the water comes into contact with good stuff that's inside of us, right? There's good stuff inside that seed by design. And it's the, the, the water activates something that's already existing in there. And, and that's a really important thing that I want to 
highlight for you that as you're looking at the things in your life that, that, that you recognize there's value in you, that God has put dreams and aspirations and ideas and passions and experience and skills that you've cultivated, but there's good enzymes in our lives. And for me it was, uh, you know, it, there was things in my life that I had invested through education and through relationships and just, uh, you know, pursuing a love of international uh, cultures and things like that. And all kinds of things that I didn't realize were relevant. You know, growing up in a, in a big family where we had to do all kinds of stuff ourselves and we never had enough money and we, you know, it, it, I learned how to, you know, that most things you had to just figure out a way, which comes in really handy when you work in Africa. And, uh, and so there's enzymes, there's good substance that, that the water comes in contact with and activates. And the next step is, is a root goes down. It breaks out of that seed and an initial root goes down. So the first step of growth is going down in search of deeper water. And so I think that for my life and for what we did with the water project, it was, okay, there's something stirred up in me, and what did I have to do? I had to dig down and understand what's going on in Uganda, what's going on with water projects, how do you even do this? You know, all I knew is what I saw from, uh, you know, Entertainment Tonight when you see celebrities doing stuff with water in Africa. That was popular at the time, and I was like, that's the extent to my knowledge, right? And, uh, and, but it took some time to drive a root down to start pulling up some, some more of that water to continue to feed and activate the seed that was in my life. And, and, and the next step is a shoot goes up. There was something that had to go towards the surface. And for us, it was, it was all right, well, let's you know, basically tell some optimistic stories and lies and hopes that we, can, we think we know what we can do together, and let's try to take an action. And, you know, there's way more ignorance and optimism than there was experience and wisdom. <laughs> and, and that's how it often starts is let's take a risk and shoot something towards the surface and see if there's something that can reach out beyond and, uh, and help us to, to actually start producing something. And, uh, and, and the shoot has to go up. And so for us it was trying to raise some money and go over to Uganda for the first time and see the first water systems installed. And... And, and seeing what, how, what does it feel like? What does it look like? Are other people going to be part of this? Are, there, are the ingredients there to continue to grow and thrive? Or is this just the, one small beginning and we're not sure where to go with it? And, uh, and so, you know, but that shoot has to go up. And then what happens after that is, is you actually begin to see uh, leaves develop. And, and the root system continues to develop. It continues to grow in both directions. And you have what's what's called photomorphogenesis, all right? Um, and that's not photosynthesis. That actually is the, the development of structure and form to respond to light and the nutrients, right? Oftentimes we hear people say, you know, when you look at a tree, there's, you know, everything you see above ground, there's the same kind of thing going below the ground, that the root system is often the same size as the foliage, right? And, uh, and, and, and that's something that's beautiful to recognize that when God wants to to bring forth some growth in our lives or through our lives, that oftentimes we have to continue, recognize we have to continue to invest downward and into the foundations and the, the substance that we're building our lives on, uh, as well as what we're putting out there to bear fruit and impact and feed the people around us. And for, for us, it was recognizing it from the, as I went through this whole process of seeing something starting in, in, in my life uh, for the Ugandan Water Project, it came to a point where we had to say, all right, what does it need to look like? Because it has to have some form and some structure to support 
uh, what's, you know, what's happening with photosynthesis, what's happening with the light that we're receiving, and to prepare ourselves to bear fruit. Because it's not, you know, good intentions are not, it's not just enough to, you know, to send up shoots, right? That eventually you have to have things that, that are going to bear fruit so you can reproduce. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it, it challenges us to, us to say, you know, sometimes some of us are more or less inclined to, the, to developing structure and form around some of these things. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and it can be challenging, but it's a necessary ingredient in going from that, that willingness to go into the ground where it's unseen and, and go through that process of just driving a root down after absorbing the water and having it activate something inside you and, and taking that risk and shooting something up, but eventually embracing what it takes to, to allow the form and the structure and initiating and cultivating that so that eventually there can be something that actually bears fruit. And that one seed can produce many seeds, whether it's used for, you know, you know uh, using that grain analogy from the scripture, whether it's one grain of wheat that ends up producing many grains of wheat, some of which can be used for, you know, to uh, produce bread, and some can be uh, planted to produce more seeds. But there's just this bountiful image of this process. And that's what we experienced as personally, I went through this journey to start the organization. But I want to encourage and challenge you with the same image for your own lives because uh, I think this is a cycle that we're all invited to participate in. God desires us all to to cultivate things out of our lives and to be productive. And uh, and, and there is a certain death involved in it, uh, you know, unless we're willing to put something into the ground and let it, you know, uh, sort of have a, uh, an activation, but, it, you know, when you, when you really look at it, it literally splits it open. And there's a, there's a, you know, there is a destruction in a productive way that happens, but it, it's more of a metamorphosis than just, uh, you know, something degrading. There, there really is something that is life-giving in that process. And, and yet, uh, there's different, different personalities and different life experiences uh, conditioned us to be inclined or disinclined to different parts of this process. Some of us have a really hard time uh, putting the roots down and seeking the, the, the water that is deep below the ground. And, and when it's time to take that first stirring and say, am I willing to actually embrace some of the work that it involves to, to really continue to feed this from not, not just something that made something sizzle inside me, but am I willing to take the next step and, uh, and pull up nutrients, whether it's leaning into mentors and relationships or the books we read or the podcasts we listen to or, or the connections we make in, the, in our uh, professional environment, but are we willing to do that work? And then, and then some of us, the struggle point really comes at that point of what do I shoot upwards towards the surface? And, and the risk that's involved with that because, you know, the sun can both feed us and it can also fry us, right? And so we recognize that risk, but ultimately... You know, the, the sending down the root is for the purpose of putting something above the surface. And, uh, and so to encourage us that, yes, there is risk involved, but, but the purpose that we want, the fulfillment that we desire, comes from putting something out there and eventually taking that leap to, to say, this has to look like something beyond just what's going on inside me. And then ultimately recognizing we have to embrace a process of structuring and shaping to receive the long-term cycle that's going to feed this and bear fruit. So that's the image. I know we're uh, out of time as far as digging into this deeper, but I just want to encourage you to think about and be challenged in your own lives. What is it that's out 
in the same image out of John 12 that God is stirring in you. And perhaps it's something you're already in the middle of that you're finding it's time for another cycle of, of, of uh, new seeds going into the ground. And we face that um, in, in our lives on a regular basis where we're like, why, is, why does it feel like so, there's a, a, something starting over again? And I thought we were figuring this out, but it's because there's, there's growing seasons that we go through. Uh, but search your heart and search what you're within the places that you're at, whether it's your family or whether it's in your work or whether it's in your community or just in your relationship with yourself. Where is God challenging us to put a seed in the ground, to draw in the water, and to, to put down roots and, and put up shoots and, and then build in the structure? So let me just uh, close in prayer, and, and uh, before I do, I just want to invite you, if you want to talk more about either what I'm sharing or uh, just to know more about the water project or even the 5K, I do really love hanging out and connecting with artisans, and uh, I'm so glad to be here. But uh, let me just pray for the seeds that God wants to bring about in your lives right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these images, these powerful, simple, yet profound images that help us to understand your ways in our life. And God, first of all, I just pray for the people in this room who are seeking the favorable conditions. Maybe they're in the winter of a season right now and and they need hope and encouragement. Lord, we just pray that you would bring it in different ways, that you would bring encouragement and you would bring people into favorable conditions, into the spring of of their season right now. And then we do pray that you'd help people to refine and understand the seeds that you want to plant in and through their lives and give them uh, the hope and encouragement, the saturation of the water that comes, whether it's through uh, different relationships or things that you're speaking to them and showing them in different ways. But we pray for a germination process to happen within Artisan right now, within this church community, within the families and households that are represented in every entity and structure and organization and, and body that these people are connected to. We pray that you'd walk them through this process of embracing Uh, going into the ground, embracing a certain kind of death, but that the value that you've invested in them is to bring forth life. Bless them in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.